0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy.
1: I'm Kat. And today, we will be discussing the TV series Dark and the Outsider. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Hey, Kat. What's up? Oh, you know, coming fresh off of vacation, just did my cruise, and... Then spent a couple of days in Minneapolis with a friend. We went to a concert which was super fun. We went to go see Wildermiss and Jukebox the Ghost and it wasn't canceled this time. It was not canceled. It was Amazing. wonderful.
0: We beat the streak. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was great. We had um like fast pass tickets which basically let you go in an early line of people and Uh so we got really good standing spots um in the second row and it was great it was what a performance jukebox the ghost has a really talented um pianist and Mm -hmm. he is just fantastic and he like sings and plays piano and is just 10 out of 10 very good that's awesome i'm glad the
0: concert really happened
1: yeah we had a good time did you get up to anything last weekend Did I? Let's see. I think I had to work too
0: much both days. Boo! Yeah, it was a bad time. I'm trying to think of a single fun thing. Oh, these are bleak times. Bleak times in your absence.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I was really hoping they would get better. (laughs) They're looking up now.
0: Now that that huge responsibility is over, hopefully that stressor will make things better. Yeah. And like I was telling you in our previous episode, uh, there's just lots of movies to look forward to. Yeah. So, if nothing else.
1: And the weather's getting nicer, so more sunshine, more time outside.
0: Yeah. All of the flowers are blooming in Central Park, so that's
1: really nice. That sounds lovely.
0: Yeah. I
1: bet Catfish Cove looks be green now.
0: Almost. Like, we're We're getting leaves. Mm. Some leaves are happening. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. Scott said that in his area, there's a lot of cherry blossoms blooming. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's been really pretty.
0: Yeah. An yeah. ant is crawling up the wall, and he just fell to the... Oh, no. The ...out of sight. I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah, lots of bugs are returning. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, something about the change in the weather really brings them out. We have house centipedes.
1: Oh no! Do you know what those are? Yeah, with the really long legs.
0: Yeah, they look kind of like a feather that's mm. running around, and mm-hmm. their speed their speed is incredible.
1: What does uh, What does Will think
0: of those? They are um, all time lowest ranked insect yeah. for him. He <laughs> hates them. Imagine. He hates them. Yeah. So. Oh my god. I am so good at getting those guys. No. I'm a champion. I'm a champion centipede murderer. <laughs> I, I had it. to break the news to Will that they've returned. No. Um, and I was like, you know, I've been murdering again. <laughs> 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 and that's code for, for the house centipedes are back. And I'm killing them when you're away <laughs> to save you. <laughs> Do you
1: remember <laughs> when you lived out here and you woke up in the morning and um or you like woke up early and Will was already up and he was pacing around with a baseball bat and there was also a centipede and I thought he was pacing around with the baseball <laughs> bat to kill the centipede.
0: I forgot about that. I don't even
1: remember what that was about. Uh, Because your weird neighbor was being weird. There were like strange noises coming from the apartment above. And so Will was up and he had the baseball bat, but the centipede or whatever bug was on the floor was unrelated.
0: I remember one time in that same apartment, I woke up and Will was like, there's a massive spider in the living room. You need to do something about it. And I was like, oh, all right. And I trapped him in a glass Mm -hmm. and brought him out to the balcony and threw him into the woods. And then I realized I was covered in spider bites from my sleep. And I was like, this fucker, (laughs) I I spared your life. Oh, no. And you bit me in my sleep. You Well, he didn't
1: know. He didn't know you were going to spare him.
0: No, I know. But still, how dare he? (laughs) Rude. That's when we were going to dress fittings for your wedding, oh and I was God. like, I'm covered in spider bites. <laughs> uh,
1: I haven't gotten a spider bite in a really long time.
0: Yeah. That's weird. It's good. That's good stuff. I don't like spiders.
1: Yeah, we don't have any bugs here yet. I think it's still too cold for them, but ants are always an issue. And I did spill an entire grapefruit gin fizz on my floor, so going to have to mop <gasps> that. Tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah. Our
0: fallen friend. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how I did it. I'm very talented at knocking shit over, so. (laughs) (laughs) My glass didn't break, which is the only saving grace. What else? I saw lots of cool birds on the cruise. I got to see... It was really cool because whenever we were coming in and out of port... The birds, like big seabirds, like pelicans and um, boobies, would follow us out and in Mm -hmm. because we would be, like, kicking up a lot of fish. And so they would swoop down and, like, splash into water at high speeds. And it was just very fascinating to watch. So I enjoyed that. I had a great time watching all the wildlife.
0: Speaking of your trip, you did some watching.
1: I did. Yeah. So halfway through the trip Scott got sick um, oh no yeah he got like norovirus like halfway through <gasps> the trip but because no. I had just had the stomach flu I didn't get it so I was fine um, those
0: fucking gross ass cruise ships I know I feel like this happens every time it was devastating I refuse I will never step foot on one it was I devastating refuse.
1: you just have to make sure to get the stomach flu like months in advance and your body will be fine I will just
0: not go thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> Um, No boats for me. I'm not a seafaring person. So he did a lot of sleeping and (laughs) I was
1: bored. So I decided to watch the first season of Dark, which I had downloaded. Oh, I don't even know when I downloaded it for some kind of flight, but it wasn't specifically for this trip. I just happened to have it downloaded on my phone
0: and I got very pulled into it. And that was on the original... The original Rosetta Stone list of Remy's Rex, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it
1: was. Um, and I never really got around to it because I, it, it's a German language show. And so that requires a lot of like focus and reading. Um, Mm -hmm. and I like to have television on in the background a lot of the time, or I'll like be doing something else while listening to a show. So, it's just kind of hard for me to carve out enough time to be dedicated and like sit down and be present for an hour, multiple hours at a time. Mm -hmm. So this was like a perfect opportunity for that because I was on a cruise ship with really nothing else to do. I didn't want to (laughs)
0: like
1: go vibe by myself. So I just like went and got some drinks and hung out and watched dark. So Dark Season 1 came out in 2017. It was directed, I'm going to butcher some of these German names, but I hope they will forgive me. It was directed by Baron Beau O'Dare, and notably, he was also the director for the Netflix series 1899, which, mm-hmm. um, only had one season, but came out in 2022 and was really highly acclaimed. So I have not gotten the chance to check that out yet, but I heard really good things about it. And I know people were really disappointed when I got canceled. So th- in general, um, this show follows four families in a small German town, um, they are the Conwald, Doppler, Nielsen, and Tiedemann families. And um, the town is kind of in a state of upheaval because there have been multiple child disappearances as of late. And there is a general feeling that the police aren't doing enough, that the police have been unsuccessful to this point. And, and people are fearing for their children's safety and they don't know what to do. Um, so there's a lot of um, unrest in the town at the start of the show. And um, the child disappearances really start to get worrisome when a second child goes missing in addition to the initial child that went missing. And the second child that goes missing is Mikkel Nielsen, who is the son of Ulrich Nielsen, who is one of the detectives um, working the missing children's case. And so you start to really see how it's affecting people on the police force now that this child went missing, and it leads Ulrich to kind of go rogue. And start investigating on his own without proper authorization. He's kind of going on uh, Fox Mulder-esque adventures mm-hmm. without proper clearance and without mm-hmm. warrants, which is um, questionable at best. But he starts to uncover what appears to be a larger scale conspiracy. And it seems to have something to do with the nuclear power plant that is located in this town and is one mm-hmm. of the main um, sources of jobs for this town. Like a lot of people work there and have their livelihoods there. And while Ulrich is investigating his son's disappearance, a high schooler who was there when Mikkel went missing begins kind of uncovering some secrets that his father left behind um, after his father passed away. And he kind of is uncovering parallel conspiracy-esque things um, that kind of complement what you're learning through Ulrich. And it basically leads him to discover this series of caves that is an area where people can travel to the past. So instead of it being that these kids are being abducted, it's more that they are just kind of stumbling into different times. And this is something that you find out very early on in the show. And you can't really talk very much about the show without having that general caveat explained. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't, I don't think I'm going to give too much else away um, about the plot, but I really enjoyed season one of Dark. I've just begun season two, so I'm definitely not all the way through the show. It was really captivating. And even though it is a supernatural slash sci-fi thriller, it at its heart and at its core is a family drama. And it is about all of these self-destructive behaviors that are going on in these families. And also kind of generational self-destructive behavior, yeah. um, which is really interesting to see play out. Um, and I just think that it is so interesting to kind of uncover all of these like ugly pasts and ugly characteristics of each individual, because the more you dissect these family dynamics, the more you just realize how messed up everyone in this or at least in these four families that we're kind of focusing on is like everyone is pretty flawed. And I really liked seeing that it was um definitely a heavy show. There's not I and, I and I don't know if um part of that is because I'm not getting as much of the like intonation of I mean, when you're watching a foreign language film, sometimes you lose some of the like, Prosody and feeling behind what people are saying. So there's less humor that comes across, at least in my experience. And so one thing that um, you don't really get from the show is a lot of comedic relief or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I binge watched it. But if I were to continue on, I think I probably wouldn't binge watch it just because it is quite heavy. But I really liked it. And I liked that it's a really slow build in terms of the mystery and you don't know who you can trust. And also they kind of bury the lead with people you can't trust, making them look guilty, but they're just guilty about something else, which I really yeah, enjoyed. Like I thought fun. that was so cool. And, mm-hmm. um, there was just a lot of that. So I thought that was really well done and everything was just really beautiful. It's like a, a very dark woodsy type environment with like very cloudy skies and it's just shot in a way that makes it feel very mysterious and wet and foggy all the time and it's so beautiful i loved that and one of the main things that i liked about like the sense of conspiracy and one of the ways that they hinted that is by introducing This stranger character, that's how he's referred to in the credits. Oh my God. Love that character. So interesting to kind of watch him observing everyone else Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: just, he has these like really quiet observational moments, which I just really enjoyed. Um, and I think it adds to that sense of conspiracy because it, it, leads you to believe even before you know anything about the time travel or anything like that, it leads you to believe that like this person knows a lot more about the situation than we do yeah. and that mm-hmm. anyone else does. And um, how did they get all this information and are they evil? Are they neutral? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, it is very reminiscent of, to me, it makes me think of fringes of ob- observers
0: Characters. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say
1: that. <laughs> where he's just like watching and taking notes and seeing how things play out. And that's just kind of um I just found that really well done and really interesting to gather information through, um, because it's very subtle and it the storytelling there is very subtle and quiet. I just I really liked it. The show has a lot of quiet moments. Um but yeah, towards the End of the season, there's just a lot going on. So, uh, I kind of needed to Google after each episode and be like, okay, so whose family was I watching? Like, what, what was the storyline and what was I supposed to be kind of getting from it? Because there's just a lot going on towards the end of the season. And one article that I came across when I was looking at kind of how critics reviewed the show. Was a Forbes article written by Paul Tassie. And the headline for this article was Netflix's dark is the most mentally exhausting show I've ever seen, but one of sci-fi's best. <laughs> and I think that that is a good assessment of it. And I read the article and I had a lot of points that I agreed with the author on. It was so like mentally engaging and like worth doing the digging to figure out what was going on. And You just never felt like anything was clearly laid out. And I really enjoyed that. And I could see why you enjoyed the show so much because of that, too. Because you really like to do a lot of that, like, mental digestion as well. Um,
0: Very much so.
1: Really cool characters. (laughs) More public fistfights between adults than I think I've seen on television (laughs) in a long time.
0: (laughs) But pretty good. I don't know if I'm, like, missing anything glaring. No, I mean I think you you covered the essentials without giving too much away. Yeah. Um it's also been it's like since 2017 since I saw it. Oh so yeah. It's been like 5 years now. I I wonder I think I I want to consider revisiting it. Mm-hmm. Um because I think I fell off before like the f- ultimate season concluded, so um, I definitely want to go back and, um, start from the beginning again for sure. Cause yeah. there's no way I could remember all of the, all of the important details from five years ago. But yeah, I mean, I definitely remember the immaculate tone mm-hmm. and the visuals and Jonas and Mikael, um, and Ulrich. Those mm-hmm. guys really stand out in my mind. Um, and, just those woods, being yeah, gorgeous, yeah. I love Jonas's house too. Oh yeah, oh, God, the homes are incredible.
1: Yeah, and like his father's little studio area, yeah. In particular, that was really cool. Amazing.
0: Like
1: yeah, yeah. Just really different, very dark, but very interesting, and kind of just mesmerizing yeah that's all i've got on that
0: okay well i'm really glad you're liking it so far yeah yeah that would be a really great one to revisit i should do that
1: yeah yeah i would be curious to hear your takes on it your fresh takes on it yeah um because i just feel like there's so much to digest that i don't have a fully formed opinion on everything yet just because I still Um, don't know what the fuck is going on (laughs) like you end season one and you're like I still have
0: no fucking clue what's happening yeah I think things just get more wild from there yeah I bet you're almost completely done with that original Rex list there can't be many remaining oh yeah I'm curious
1: I definitely have that
0: I think it's in my screenshots
1: let me see if I've still got it I think
0: I know I still have it
1: somewhere, but I think it's, it's literally my first screenshot.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Um, pods. Heavyweight. How did this get made? Stuff You Should Know. The End of the World with Josh Clark, I have not listened Ooh, to.
0: That one was good.
1: Revisionist History, I've definitely sampled. Mm-hmm. And then series, it was Big Little Lies. Check. The Newsroom. Check. Yeah. Uh, sharp objects I vetoed because I uh, don't think I have yeah. the mental strength to watch sharp objects
0: that's pretty dark yeah, yeah. that's you gotta pass on that. oh for Patriot sure. I still
1: haven't watched oh, Patriot oh my god
0: you gotta watch it you have to watch it Fleabag check
1: <laughs> I love this note best watched alone so that you don't have to stop to explain everything to your male SO every five <laughs> seconds I have rewatched the entire series at least five times um
0: Probably. And then
1: Netflix, we've got The Sinner, which I still haven't watched.
0: Oh, yeah. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman.
1: <laughs> um, movies. Jojo Rabbit, I still haven't watched.
0: Prisoners,
1: oh, yeah. I still haven't watched. Sicario, I have watched. You showed me that. Arrival, yeah. I've watched. Attack yeah. the Block, I've watched. Ugh, Attack the yes. Block. Yes. I would do anything to watch that movie again. We should watch that when we're in Maine.
0: That was so fun when we watched that at Friday Night Movie Club. And then
1: books, The Stranger Diaries, check, The Guest List, check, House of Leaves, half the check. <laughs> half the <laughs> check. Still working on it. Good um, effort. Uh, The Troop and The Deep, which are on my TBR. I bought mm-hmm. them. Um, you said have not read these, but seem like something you might like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've made good progress on the original. Yeah, you're list. almost 2020, you're almost fall 2020.
0: Through. Is that when that was? Yeah. Wow. It feels like forever ago.
1: <laughs> that was forever ago. That
0: was like almost three years ago. That's wild. Crazy. It feels like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've definitely got to get to this dinner. That's
1: been on my list for a long time. Bill will pull in.
0: Bill Pullman, my guy. Bill Pullman for president. Bill Pullman is my president. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you gotta check that out. That one's easy to. That one's very bingeable. Yeah. They do they do episode to episode suspense really well. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I, I gotta start the next one. Yeah. Oh,
1: sidebar. Um my mom watched Nope and she told me that she really loved it and that she ah. wants to watch it again.
0: It's so good. It just um like came out from behind the paywall on Prime. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's why she watched it. But yeah. She was like, Yeah, I took your wreck. Took your wreck and watched Nope. Love it. <laughs> and if you, our audience members, end up taking any of our recs, feel free to email us at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, we'll give you a shout out. If you want more film recs, check out my Letterboxed Remy Friend. (laughs) I'm a very active user. That is my new downtime hobby is logging films on Mm Letterboxed. That's really good stuff because it's impossible to remember all the movies you've watched. So you kind of have to dig through other people's lists and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I forgot that one. I forgot that one like an atom oh, it's really good fun yeah
1: i'm very inactive on that i watch like no movies i need one I know. for like
0: a, a, a
1: one that has series is i don't know what my problem is with movies i just don't like watching them by myself and so i never watch any movies
0: i know i simply can't compute that so. <laughs> i know so i don't know how to help <laughs> it's
1: it's not something that needs help i guess i guess i just meet more friends that like movies well when you move to this coast i know i'm so excited
0: movie dates movie dates i can't wait. A train into the mm-hmm. city anyway you want to hear what my favorite thing I this week was desperately <laughs> While you were away on the high seas, I rewatched the HBO miniseries, The Outsider. It originally aired in 2020, and it is uh, created by Richard Price. But, of course, we both know it's adapted from the Stephen King's novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. And this is a 10-part miniseries that starred Ben Mendelsohn, Cynthia Erivo, Patty Considine, Bill Camp... And Jason Bateman, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, Will and I were looking for something to watch during meals. And all of our currently running series is just come out like once a week. So for most of the days of the week, we don't have like a series to watch. Mm-hmm. And so we're like going back to check out past things we watched. And I was like, I remember liking the outsider when it came out but i don't remember much else about it yeah. do you want to rewatch that and he also like couldn't remember very much at all and so we we're like yeah let's check it out and it was fucking great it was really good it was uh-huh. really well done and i was like i don't remember i don't know why i don't remember this as being really really excellent um I wonder if it's better on the rewatch or if I just watched it in early 2020 and then a, my memory was erased by subsequent events I don't know. Yeah,
1: because um, it was definitely coming out
0: I can't remember when it was coming out.
1: Was it coming out pre shutdown?
0: I think so. Hmm. Yeah, I can check for sure. Out. I
1: I just couldn't remember.
0: Um yeah, it started coming out in January of 2020. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah.
1: That's probably it then. Yeah. There was just a lot going on that year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so we went back and we watched the first episode as a test. And the whole time I was just saying like, this is so good. Like, this is amazing. This looks amazing. This acting is amazing. This direction is amazing. The whole thing. It's extremely well done. Really well executed. A really... Um, excellent execution of a Stephen King novel adaptation, mm-hmm. which we both know can be really hit or miss. But mm-hmm. this one is like the best contemporary one that I can think of in mm. recent years. I think it's excellent. Did you
1: read the novel?
0: No. Okay, I didn't. Either. I did I'm not. Curious. No, I've only seen the miniseries. But basically, it's a story that is about a small-ish town, yeah, like a small town in Georgia, and there is a terrible crime where a young boy is murdered and his body is found in the woods. And you are following Detective Ralph Anderson. He's played by Ben Mendelsohn. You're watching him investigate this really terrible crime, and you can see over the course of the first episode that he finds easily a ton of evidence against Terry Maitland uh, played by Jason Bateman, that evidence that suggests that he killed uh, this young boy. And it is everything from like surveillance camera footage of him walking around covered in blood to multiple, eyewitnesses that know this guy and are like, it was definitely that guy. He was definitely covered in blood in the parking lot of the woods where the body was found at the time. And it seems like a slam dunk case. And so they like get the DA involved and they publicly arrest Terry Maitland at a youth sports event. And everyone was like, Holy shit, like our, our baseball coach is a child murderer. And he goes to jail and also, you know, says, I didn't do this. I'm innocent. And once he's arrested, his he calls his lawyer, who's played by Bill Camp. And the lawyer and his private detective, who's like an, an investigator that is in his employment they uncover like a really solid alibi mm-hmm. <laughs> for Jason Bateman's character Terry, where he was at um, like a teaching conference hours away at the time of the murder, mm-hmm. and he's there's like video evidence of him there um, during a panel discussion. And so there's all of this conflicting information. Uh, there's also like DNA evidence uh-huh. that he was at the crime scene and in the van where the kid was transported and all this other stuff. So that's a ton of irreconcilable evidence that both suggests and does not suggest that Terry Maitland was responsible for this murder. And, hmm... This is a decision point about spoiling things, I guess. <laughs> have you seen it? You've seen this, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. Well, if that sounds interesting to you, then... <laughs> Stop <laughs> skip here. Ahead. Stop here, watch it, and then come back. Because <laughs> I have to give kind of like an early series spoiler, because if not, I can only tell you out the first episode. Um, but uh, in the second episode... Jason Bateman's character is both exonerated because of the, you know, mm. solid alibi evidence, but he's also shot by the surviving brother of the murdered boy. And that has a domino effect in that family that leads to basically everyone in that family dying. And it's just this horribly sad Terrible, even like worse than before, turn of events that where things were already really (coughs) bleak and they just get bleaker and darker and just more tragic from Mm -hmm. there. So that's horrible. And Ben Mendelssohn's character, the detective, really regrets doing the public arrest Mm -hmm. and stoking unrest in this town and now has this inexplicable case where all this conflicting evidence does and doesn't support the fact that Terry did it. And so he is trying to figure out what to do and also not make it seem like the police force is completely incompetent. Um, And so in order to like figure out the truth and figure out whether there's someone out there, that's still a danger to the community he does something really cool and he basically forms a team of rivals in that he recruits Terry's lawyer and the lawyer's like private investigator and he recruits his friend from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And uh, is there anyone else on the team in the beginning? I think they start off with those four dudes. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, even though they were on opposite sides of, like, Terry being innocent versus guilty, they all agree that it's important to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on. Because, Uh you know, the lawyer wants to clear Terry's name and help out his family who's mourning his loss, but also are, like, complete outcasts in the community now. And... Ben Mendelssohn just wants to figure out what the hell is going on because he wants mm-hmm. to protect people. Yeah. And so they have this like tense alliance of wanting to get to the bottom of things and being like, how did this go so wrong? Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it when we get a team together. <laughs> it's even better when it's a team of rivals. That's mm-hmm. really good stuff. Um and then you have uh, Just a series of episodes that are a slow build and a slow, gradual uncovering of the supernatural elements of the plot, in that you find out there is a a being, like an evil being, that physically assumes the identity of a person. For example, Terry Maitland mm-hmm. and is like a doppelganger of them. So mm-hmm. they are in they're two different th- beings, and so Terry and this his doppelganger could be in different places at the same time, and the doppelganger could do the murder, and Terry could have no idea. And that is like the ultimate outcome that the the team is building towards. But obviously like it's hard for most of the people on the team to believe, especially Ben Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. He's the, by far the most like rational logic oriented team member. And then there's like different gradations from there in terms of w- how quickly people switch over to the supernatural hypothesis team mm-hmm. and the character that is the most crucial part of, of that like supernatural argument is another private investigator called Holly Gibney. Mm. She is called in from another state because the lawyer knows her work, knows she's a really good investigator and knows she has like a really unique perspective on this sort of work and recruits her. She's played by Cynthia and, uh, Erivel. And she's really good. She's a really interesting character. And she also has um, this like security guy that she meets during her investigations that gets pulled into the team as well. Mm-hmm. So they're all working together. And she becomes convinced of this doppelganger explanation and then kind of has the task of needing to Make everyone else believe that that is the case Mm -hmm. in order to ascertain what is happening and make it stop because she uncovers a long chain of events where this being has a cycle where it, you know, latches onto someone, is their double, does a terrible murder, and then moves on to the next person and it just cycles forever. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to break the cycle, but to do that she has to convince the team, and they're really hard to convince. <laughs>
1: yeah, I forget like
0: why why the being does that. I think it just feeds on horrible despair. suffering mm-hmm. and despair. Yeah, and so it kind of strategically it always kills a child and then that has A domino effect within Mm -hmm. the family where there's just horrible carnage from there, Mm -hmm. Um, which is usually played out by, like, more violence and death. Mm -hmm. And that's how it feeds, I think. Got it. And so not only does she need to convince them that this is what's happening, they also need to figure out who the next Terry is. Is going to be like who is the next doppelganger. And luckily they have a hypothesis about that, but then that just adds like another person they need to convince mm-hmm. about what's going on. And so that's what like the bulk of the series is about. And then there's a, a an incredible showdown at the end mm-hmm. that is a really suspenseful. And a lot of it plays out in the cave system, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's really well done. Um, it's really suspenseful. There's a great cliffhanger between episode 9 and the 10th finale episode, mm-hmm. where s- shit is going down and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And, yeah, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal tension. Phenomenal building of the case and watching each person gradually be won over either by believing the evidence that Holly is presenting or by understanding that in a pragmatic point of view, they need to ostensibly play along in order to not hinder the team. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great exploration of, you know, kind of, the Molder and Scully spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of those different variations are very fun. But, like I said, Ben Mendelsohn's character, Detective Ralph Anderson, he is your main character for the most part. Like, you're with him most of the time, and you see his home life a lot. Um, And his wife, Jeannie, she's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, And he is Ben Mendelsohn is phenomenal in the show. Like I'm already a big fan of Ben Mendelsohn and he crushes this series. He's so good. I'll watch him in anything. He's he's just I can't even describe how good he is in this series. Like he's an incredible actor and the emotional range that he shows in this series Is phenomenal His accent work is really good Actually all of the accent work In this show is really well done um, Ben Mendelssohn, I think he's from Australia oh. And you would never fucking know Like his speaking voice Is completely different To what you're getting In The Outsider he's, His voice work is Wonderful um, same thing for Patty Considine. He plays Clyde. And it was really funny because a few episodes in, Will made a comment to me about Patty's character. And he was like, man, that guy's southern accent is like really good. Um, cause he's from the south. So mm-hmm. he, he like notices when it's like a really bad one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was thinking that, too. Isn't it crazy that he's British? And Will was like, no way. There's no way. And I was like, yeah. He's in, like, Hot Fuzz and House of the Dragon and all of this stuff. Oh. Yeah. Huh. And, um, like, he's in a ton of things. But, yeah, he did a really great, really great Southern accent. Good work. <laughs> but, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn, man. He's a star. I want him to be in everything.
1: First thing I'd ever seen him in. And potentially the only thing I've ever
0: seen him in. Have you seen The Place Beyond the Pines? Oh, you should watch that. He's really good in that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't say enough good stuff about him. He's great. We're big fans in this house. (laughs) But yeah, another strong highlight. I mentioned Jeannie, Detective Anderson's wife. She, is a really interesting character and Terry Maitland's wife, Glory Maitland, mm. she is a very interesting character as well. Cause she is a person they also have to approach about like pitching this supernatural explanation. She's also a very hard one to convince. And both Jeannie and Glory are really interesting characters because they are incredibly strong in very difficult circumstances and they do really important work across the, the span of the mini series. And I really liked how they weren't underserved just cause they're like the wives that aren't, you know, out there on the detective beat and mm-hmm. they played really critical roles and they were like, really like stuck to their guns on stuff Mm -hmm. and showed they exhibited incredible strength. So really good, really good characters for both of them. And I just think the premise is really cool. Like I think this is the best Stephen King project that I've seen in recent times for sure. Like it just Mm -hmm. works. It works great. Like Mm -hmm. what a great premise to have this, terrible crime and these inexplicable pieces of evidence and having this team of lawyers and detectives and experts being like, how do we reconcile these uh, conflicting things rationally Mm -hmm. and watching everything just unfold from there? It's really good stuff. I just love watching that teamwork and the entire like final set of events with the cave system is really um, really evocative and Mm -hmm. yeah I just can't recommend it enough it is like super dark and super heavy like Mm -hmm. especially the first two episodes obviously we're dealing with violence against children which is extremely dark Mm -hmm. and like multiple deaths and it's very heavy but if you make it through the first couple of episodes i mean i wouldn't say it gets lighter per se but Mm. it's slightly less bleak in that there's like forward momentum if that makes sense um and so yeah despite that i highly recommend it even if you saw it before and it didn't make much of an impression like it did for me the second watch was excellent and also like I just had a much better grasp on what was mm-hmm. going on and so I think on a rewatch like I could understand what was happening much more because I already knew the general principles on on how the supernatural things were operating. Mm.
1: Yeah, looking back on it, I'm
0: just like thinking about
1: the things that stood out the most to me were those like really intense moments of tension and the well-done cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, because I'm thinking specifically, there's like a scene where Holly's in a car with a suspected doppelganger. Um, yeah. And, oh, that scene is very, very tense. I felt very, uh, like on the edge of my seat with that one. And then there's also like a scene at a carnival. Yeah. Um, oh, like before the cave system. And that one mm-hmm. was very, Intense for me too. Really well executed for sure.
0: Yeah. Great direction. It's shot incredibly. I don't know if I said that yet, but it looks phenomenal. Really interesting camera work in, um, they play with this like visual motif a lot where they will start a scene and everything is out of focus. And then the person mm-hmm. of interest moves into the focal plane. Mm-hmm. And therefore comes into focus. Or the opposite happens, where someone starts in focus and then moves out mm-hmm. out of focus. Um, I noticed that the second time around. That was really interesting. But just really extremely competent work all around. Um, I know Jason Bateman directed the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he did an awesome job with that direction. And, yeah, it's uh, just an excellent entire series. I loved it. Mm-hmm.
1: Seems like these two picks have a lot in common.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> so. We somehow spontaneously lined up really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had. If you want to do the friend diagram. Yeah, sure. Um, number one caves. <laughs> caves. I know. <laughs> Very important
1: caves. Yeah. And like really Interesting cave scenes. I feel like, yeah, just cool caves.
0: I know. Um, like, I want to say more about the caves and Outsider, but I don't want to give away like a really cool narrative device that yeah. happens around the caves. Um, just trust in that it's really neat. <laughs> um,
1: obviously, like very intense shows, um, mm-hmm. very but dark, like very shows. Heavy. Shows that you expect to be, like, crime dramas, but end up having a supernatural element to them, which is really cool. Yes.
0: Um, Small Town with Child Disappearance. Oh, yeah. And Unrest Regarding Police Competency. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leading to rogue detective work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's anything else creepy creepy guy watching things from oh yeah <laughs> definitely lots of creeping yeah. going on creeping f- with like a guy in a in a hooded garment <laughs> yeah lots of that that's true for yeah. both yeah
1: <laughs> i forgot about that imagery yeah for the outsider i mean it's on the cover but i just wasn't thinking about that yeah mm-hmm. love a good hoodie Very mysterious. Great for watching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also like a pattern in these disappearances and um, that like gets uncovered in kind of an um, impossible way, you know? Yes,
0: yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Good pick. I forgot about that until you brought it up.
0: It's definitely worth a rewatch. I highly recommend
1: Scott and I really liked it when we were watching it. It was the first HBO series I watched. Really, I got HBO to watch that series.
0: Ah, oh, fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I I do agree that it's one of the better Stephen King adaptations in recent memory. Yeah, am I, I also really liked Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, but
0: mm, I didn't watch that. Mm. It's on
1: Hulu. I have read it's it been. though. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Stephen King books. I just got my father-in-law to read it. (laughs) I mean, it's not like necessarily traditional Stephen King though, either. Um, Mm -hmm. and I will say that the adaptation is quite different than the book, not in super major ways, but it works really well. Like, even though they ended up changing a lot, I think they did a really good job with it. And James Franco just fucking knocked it out of the park with that character. Like, Mm really, really good. And um I also really like the actress that plays the female love interest for that character as well. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she did a fantastic job as well. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I can't really think of any other Stephen King adaptations that came out recently. Man is coming out this year. Oh, which... is, that's a short story, yeah? Yeah, I think so. And it's um being produced by the Directors of sixty five, I think. They were
0: involved in the like production side of that. I think, yeah. I read I think I read that on IMDB when Mm -hmm. I was looking up stuff about sixty five. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So that could be good. I could see that being really good. Yeah. Ugh, Stephen King. A treasure.
0: Bye for now.